Welcome to Alimentary, the podcast series where you will not only learn about your amazing body, how it works, and of course why food is so important, but also pick up some simple recipes and lifestyle tips and tweaks, which will help you to influence your health in a positive way. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Alimentary. We're going to follow on from last week and chat about another fundamental influence on our health, and that is the state of us. So what I mean by that is that we're always in one of two states and they are rest and digest or fight or flight. So let's talk about fight or flight first. Um, This is a state that we um, that occurs when our sympathetic nervous system has been triggered into high alert. And I suppose the origins of this are um, thousands of years ago when we were hunter gatherers. We wandered around, you know, hunting for food um, waiting for a man eating tiger or a bear or something like that to jump out at us and basically eat us up. And our main aim was to simply just survive the day and stay alive. So our fears back then were based on potentially life-threatening physical danger. And the appropriate response was to focus our energy on our arms and our legs and pumping our heart faster so that we could actually run away and escape and stay alive. So our adrenals would secrete the hormone cortisol. Um, Just a little side note there, our adrenals are like two little grapes sitting on top of our kidneys. And when they're overexerted producing cortisol, they can actually shrivel up and look more like raisins. Um, But we'll come back. We'll come back to that another time. So just getting back to cortisol's main job in terms of the fight or flight response is it, it makes sure that glucose or sugar stays circulating in our blood so that it can be available for immediate use to produce energy to run away. Cortisol also narrows our arteries. um, So this helps our blood to flow faster. And another hormone called epinephrine actually increases our heart rate. So basically, the whole focus is on making sure that energy gets to our arms and our legs so we can actually run away and get ourselves out of this uh, life-threatening situation. So... Our physiology hasn't actually changed that much since those hunter-gatherer times. So while our fears are different, they're not necessarily life-threatening, unless we're going to walk out in front of a bus or something like that. So for the most part, they don't require us to actually run. However, our body is still reacting in exactly the same way. So we could be sedentary, you know, sitting at our desk at work, stressing over an email inbox that is never empty or other work pressures. We could be in our car feeling, you know, frustrated and stressed in a traffic jam when we're trying to get somewhere by a certain time or just sitting ruminating over some personal conflict, you know, and safe to say that we've probably all done all of those things. So but the sugar is still circulating in our blood and our heart rate remains unnecessarily high. So those responses were to enable us to run but we're actually sitting at our desk so we're not using up the sh- that sugar in our blood so our blood sugar levels are are raised now these fight or flight reactions can be you know vital and appropriate in certain circumstances but our chronic overreaction to situations that aren't life-threatening really can have a serious impact on our health and research suggests that chronic stress contributes to high blood pressure promoting the formation of artery clogging deposits and also causing brain you know changes to our brain that may contribute to anxiety depression and even addiction 
So as I said, while cortisol, it does play a key role in our stress response it, and it contributes to other body's processes, you know, like it's our motivational and get up and go hormone. So we need it in the morning, you know, when you open the curtains and that let the light in. So the light goes into our eye and into our retina and back into our pineal gland in our brain. And that stimulates cortisol and that gets us up and gets us moving, you know, and motivated for the day ahead. So it's not it's cortisol is not all bad, you know, but it's just our chronic overproduction of it. That's when it becomes too much. And when we are focusing on our arms and our legs, so as you can imagine, our organs in our torso and our abdomen, they're not really required to run away from a life-threatening situation. So they become sluggish and they're just not working as well as they, they, they could do, you know. So from a nutritional point of view, you know, our digestion uh, slows down and obviously we need it to be working properly in order to be able to make the most of the good food that we're eating. So the, the other state, rest and digest, on the other hand, that's the response which tells our body that it's safe to focus on recovery, rest, and we can relax. And so our heart rate slows down and our digestion, our reproductive organs, our liver, our kidneys, they all start to work better. It's really important, though, I suppose, to be in the beginning, just to become aware of the two states and how they impact our body. And just, you know, to to note if we're in fight or flight too much of the time, um, you know, I I would have, you know, in the past, I would not have thought I was a stressed person because I, I wasn't a worrier. I associated stress with worry, you know, but I was because I was always on the go. I was always taken on too much, always busy, busy, busy didn't really take out any time for myself, you know, so I was actually in, in a state of stress, you know, so I just had to reconsider how I thought about stress. Really, we need to make sure that we take some time out in the day to trigger the rest and digest response. And the good news is that we can actually do it quite easily. Before I just get into some of the simple tips to do this, I just wanted to tell you about um, a cranial nerve called the vagus nerve. Now that's V-A-G-U-S. And it's the longest cranial nerve running from the brain to our intestine. So vagus comes from the Latin word for wandering. So if you can imagine it, it, it kind of wanders down our left side and down our right side and in and around all of our organs in our chest and our abdomen, our upper digestive tract, heart, lungs, liver, kidneys, and it links the brain stem to these organs. And one of its functions is that when stimulated, it can bring us back into rest and digest. So how can we strengthen and stimulate it? The first, um, I suppose, thing that... that that we should talk about really is just pure and simple deep breathing. So, you know, if you're feeling a bit stressed and someone says, take it, just take a deep breath, you know, that this is what it does for you. And um, when we breathe deeply, more oxygen gets to our cells, including in the digestive system. So that improves your intestinal strength and helps us to absorb our nutrients and also provides enhanced levels of energy to our cell cells. If you take in a breath and have a longer exhale than your inhale and just tr really exhale completely and empty your lungs you know that's a great way to stimulate the the vagus nerve so even you know thinking about having just taken a couple of deep breaths before every meal you know if you can take two minutes in the morning to just do some deep breathing that is going to do you the world of good so of course meditation is a great way to do it as well um 
So just deep, slow breathing is a kind of meditation, you know, counting your breaths can help you to focus and bring it back into the present moment, reciting a mantra, chanting, repetitive, repetitive prayers, like even the, you know, the rosary and um, things like that, you know, they, they have, a, they actually have been shown to have a marked effect on heart rate and the parasympathetic nervous system. So anything that sort of gets you to focus back on the present moment. And um, as I say, when you're doing your your deep breathing, it can help to count, you know, to keep you focused that your brain isn't sort of away thinking about something that you need to do later in the day or something that happened yesterday. So, of course, the third one is yoga. Um, studies have found that yoga increases the rest and digest. Um, it, it's probably, you know, related to the emphasis on breathing. Um, but also the fact that it's a slow, low intensity exercise. Number four tip is laughter. So you can um, switch on your favorite show or your favorite, favorite funny film. Belly laughing actually stimulates diaphragmatic breathing, you know, so that that again sort of is related to deep breathing, which activates the, the vagus nerve. Also, you could have um, um, some massage therapy because obviously deep tissue can reduce stress and increase the activation of the parasympathetic nervous system, which is, you know, your um, your rest and digest uh, uh, state. There are some nutrients as well that can uh, that can help. So you want to make sure that you're getting in some zinc and magnesium. They've both been linked to healthy vagal function. So basically, if you eat your greens and so your greens are a great source of magnesium and protein, like, um, you know, obviously meat and fish are a great source of zinc, but also pumpkin seeds as well. They're um, they're another good source and a handy one, you know, take a handful of zinc, handful of pumpkin seeds every day, you know, to make sure that your zinc levels are, are good. The seventh tip is actually cold compresses to the face and the back of the neck. So acute cold exposure um, can activate the, the vagus nerve and um, our, our fight or flight response decreases when, as, as your body adjusts to cold, you know, but your rest and digest increases. So, you know, sea swimming and, you know, lake swimming, um, they've all become very popular. And actually, th- this is this is why, you know, they have a marked effect on um, on switching you back into your rest and digest state. So there's a, you know, there are, there's other re- research that suggests that singing at the top of your lungs and dancing also helps. And um, obviously they can just help you relax because they make you feel happy, you know. So anything that makes you feel feel happy and um, social connection is very important as well. So it's important to remember that many things can be interpreted as, as a stressor to the body. So we mentioned conflict in relationships earlier and um, certain foods like processed or high sugar foods um, certainly are a stress on the body because you know the liver has has to deal with them and handle them and um, process them and try and excrete them. Um, lack of sleep is a huge stressor um, overtraining or undertraining or just mindset you know if you think something is stressful then it's going to be stressful. I suppose the point is that it's much easier to be in fight or flight than rest and digest because we are physiologically designed to stay alive, to survive the day. And that means looking out for, you know, being on high alert for danger. So we need to make an effort to make sure that we bring ourselves back into rest and digest regularly throughout the day. And it can be as simple as remembering to do some of those deep breathing exercises, you know, before our meals. Um, and uh, th- that, that can be a really good starting point. 
we need to make sure that we are in a position that our digestion is ready to absorb all of the good food that we're eating and then to repair and renew as well and support support our health and support our energy levels so that we can enjoy our day as best as we can. Today's store cupboard staple is a food that we all know and it's oats. So humans have been eating oats as far back as Paleolithic times. Um, a lady called Marta Mariotti Lippi at the University of Florence in Italy and her colleagues, they discovered um, they were they were analyzing starch grains on an ancient stone grinding tool in southern Italy and they discovered traces of oats. So so way back as, as far as the Paleolithic times, we've been eating them. And in Ireland, we've been cultivating them since around 438 AD. So it's been a staple food in Ireland throughout our history. We so oats are naturally gluten free, but if they're grown or processed uh, close to wheat or barley or rye, you know, there may be cross contamination uh, with gluten. So that's why you'll see some packs uh, will actually state that they're gluten free as well, just in case anybody is celiac or has gluten sensitivity. It's, it can be hard to tell how much cross contamination has taken place. So the least processed type of oats are steel cut oats. And they're also known as coarse oats. And um, so they, they take a little bit longer to cook and they're a bit more robust. The flavor is a bit more robust than other oats, such as you know, on the other uh, end of the spectrum, you've got quick oatmeal. So that is the most processed. So the, the less processed the oats are, the lower a glycemic load they'll have, which basically means that the more whole they are, they will release sugar into your blood um, sl more slowly. So that won't raise, you won't get a spike in your blood sugars. They're a great food for the human body because they've, they've many health benefits. They're a source of iron, protein, B vitamins, phosphorus, zinc, magnesium. And they also have, uh, the, the main fiber in oats is called a beta-glucan, beta which is a soluble fiber. So this helps to slow down digestion and increase satiety. So it will help, you know, help you keep uh, feeling fuller for longer it can also beta glucan can also bind with cholesterol and which can obviously help help your cholesterol levels and heart health they also uh, contain phenolic compounds and phytoestrogens which act as antioxidants reduce the damaging effects of chronic inflammation so i have five ideas for you for today's um store cupboard staple and number one of course is porridge so porridge can be made with water or with a plant-based milk. Um, I would always recommend maybe boosting the nutrient content of it, healthy and all as it is by itself. It's a good chance to add some more seeds. So you could add like flax seeds or chia seeds, which are have omega-3 as well. So they're, they are anti-inflammatory and also a handful um, of berries. So it can be mixed berries or strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, whatever you have. So um, they will just, again, boost your, the, the vitamins in your breakfast and also the antioxidants. So, of course, number two then is overnight oats. So this is where you can mix some oats with some seeds like chia seeds, for example, um, some milk and then also some uh, fruit. So there's like countless recipes for overnight oats online. Uh, the one I have on my website has uh, blueberries in it and it's really, really lovely. So very convenient, especially going through the summer because you can make up a couple of pots of overnight oats in, and leave them in the fridge. They last a few, they will 
keep for a few days. So you can just grab them and go in the morning. Um, they're great for a breakfast or a snack at any time. The third idea is oat bread. And I love this because it's actually made with natural yogurt as well. So that's adding a fermented food um, into, into the, the, um, the bread. Um, it also freezes really well. So it is a little bit more dense than say brown bread. But uh, so it helps you, obviously you, you feel full after eating a slice or two. So if, if uh, but it also freezes really well. So you can always slice it and freeze it and just take out a couple of slices, um, whatever you need uh, for, for the next day. The fourth idea is pancakes. So actually you can put your coarse cut oats um, into your food processor and whiz them up and it'll make a, a flour. And you can use that in, in your pancake batter as well. And the fifth one then is a topping for a crumble. So whatever fruit you're um, having for, for your dessert, like it might be rhubarb or apple. Um, what I do is I don't add any sugar to the fruit. So for example, if it's apples, I will uh, eat, use eating apples instead of cooking apples. And then I'll add some sweet berries like strawberries as well. And then the topping will be half and half coarse oats and then ground almonds so between the beta glucans and the fiber in the oats and the protein in the almonds that is going to make sure that sugars are released in, into your blood um, steadily and, and slowly hopefully some of those tips and recipes will appeal to you and i'll put a link to the recipe section on my website in the show notes it's uh, www.lynnsharkynutrition.ie and um, I will be back with another podcast uh, next week and would be would be great if you could join me again then. Take care in the meantime. Chat soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I just wanted to clarify that the podcast is for informational purposes only and does not substitute professional care from a doctor or trained health professional, nor does it constitute medical advice or services if you're in a, in a position to need either. However, if you find it interesting, you can subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes or sign up for my newsletter on lynnsharkynutrition.ie.